You are listening to 106.9 Tin FM, the home of student-powered radio. And we are doing Oak Week content for you all week long. But right now, I'm sitting down with a very special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Diana Barnes, and I teach English 101. So what are some things that first years can look forward to in your units? Well, I'll focus on English 101, which is what I'll be teaching in first trimester. And this is an introduction to literary study in which we focus on a range of uh, literary texts in key literary genres, the short story, Mm. novel, drama or plays, and poetry. In this Mm. unit, we cover great works of literature by authors whose names will surely be familiar to you, William Shakespeare, William Wordsworth, Henry James, and Virginia Woolf. Some of these authors you may already have read, and some may just be big names in your mind. But in this unit, we'll be getting down and reading works by these authors. In addition, Mm -hmm. this unit will introduce you to some other great literary works by authors who might not be known to you, such as the New Zealand short story writer of the early 20th century, Catherine Mansfield, or the poet Pierce Eliot, or William Shakespeare's contemporary, Ben Jonson, or the playwright George Bernard Shaw. Now, this unit will involve formal engagement from you. You'll listen to lectures that have been recorded by me and a team of others. You'll be reading the literary texts in your own time. You'll be reading the study guides that are available on our Moodle site. And you'll also be reading some secondary readings uh, available through the link to the library. Your engagement with these materials will take a number of uh, forms and there's another number of opportunities for you to test your ideas and explore these texts from your own point of view. This will be in tutorials, which will be conducted on Zoom so that we can all see one another and talk and respond to one another's ideas. You can write down some of your ideas on the Moodle discussion boards. There'll be a discussion board for each literary text that we cover. There are also extra sessions run by students called PASS sessions, and they're extra informal tutorials designed to support student learning. The objectives of this unit are skill acquisition. That is why it's called English 101. We'll be Mm -hmm. dealing with the concept of literary genre, and this works as... uh, a classificatory system for different kinds of literature, and it's always comparative. So we'll be thinking about different examples of literary works within a literary genre. So, for instance, we'll look at short stories by a number of different authors, and we'll also make comparisons between literary genres. So we'll think about the differences between a short story and a novel, or the differences between a poem and a play, for example. We'll also consider the differences between examples of literature from different historical periods. How does a poem written in the 1600s look by comparison to one written in the 1900s? And we'll make comparisons between the kind of uh, response that male and female authors have to literary genres. So we might consider a genre and have a look at how poets of different sexes might use that form. So genre will be one key area of skill that you'll be developing over this unit. You'll also be working on your textual analysis. That is how to interpret the words, images and ideas in literary texts how to identify and understand literary style, plots, and language. You will also gain skills in writing about literature, and this is very important. We'll work on how to build an argument about literature using evidence from the literary texts. We will be looking to support you 
to develop your own independent view of the literature that we cover. And you will learn to uh, position your point of view in relation to or in dialogue with academic critics' um, arguments and interpretations of the literature. You'll develop these skills, these writing skills, across three pieces of written assessment. Some units may have fewer than that, but this is designed so that you have plenty of opportunity to build those skills and to build your confidence. And so the first piece is reasonably short and it's not worth very many marks. The idea is that you get some feedback really early and then you know exactly how to respond. So this feedback is always going to be rich and detailed and individualised, identifying key areas for refinement and providing clear advice for each student on how to improve their writing. In this sense, this unit is tremendously useful for future studies in English. It's indeed foundational. Yeah, I was just about to say, it sounds like a very interesting and very foundational unit. You said it was English 101? Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's designed that way. And students do seem to um, say that they, they're pleased to have done it precisely because it tries to make those skills absolutely transparent, absolutely mm -hmm. point to, okay, you've developed a good argument here, but here in this sentence, what you need to be doing is this. Here, you need to do that. And it, to give students some really clear guidelines for how to go ahead. So make sure to be looking out for that unit, English 101. Uh, so where can this course of study lead students into the future? Well, most of the students who take 101 uh, have got their sights on being school teachers at primary or secondary mm -hmm. school. And in this sense, the unit's very useful. Firstly, because genre is a key concept in the teaching of reading and writing through primary and secondary education in schools. Um, but also the unit focuses on developing writing skills. And so in that sense, it will support the teaching of literature and the writing that's required for essays in school and so on and so forth. And so some of the activities that we do within that unit could be modified for classroom exercises. So it's an opportunity for students to think about that in tandem with their education units. The unit is also useful uh, for all kinds of writing that might occur in a professional life that's not to do with teaching, just because mm -hmm. in literature we're always focused on the resonances of words and the effect of certain kinds of sentences. And I think that just means that if you have to write a report in a business or in a large corporation, you would become someone who's more sensitive to how to work with language to convey your meaning. So in that sense, it can be very useful. Some people may go towards journalism where you're, you're writing professional short pieces. The other thing that it's useful for is do you become more attentive readers? And I think mm -hmm. most professions that I can think of involve some reading, whether it's keeping abreast with your field, whether it's surveying um, reports, whether it's receiving information from a client base. And so People who've studied English are better readers. They're more attentive. They can think about the implications of the language and they have good skills in synthesising what they're reading. And so this can support mm -hmm. those kinds of um, activities. But I think the other thing uh, that students uh, will get from this is general interest. And mm. where does it lead you in the future? Well, it makes you into an active reader and you have constructive ways of um, developing a, a lifelong hobby and interest. Uh, the beautiful thing about literature is 
any piece of literature is involved in world building. It creates mm. an ideal world that you kind of step into as a reader. And so it creates mm. a space where you can reflect upon your life and your values and contemporary issues and things like that. So in that sense, it's kind of difficult to pinpoint how the study of literature um, will help you in the future, but I'm absolutely certain that a habit of reading does support an emotional life. So what are some developments happening in your area of study this year? Well, I'm an early modern literature specialist. This means that the literature that concerns me in my research is written around 1580 through to the 1800s. And this is English literature that I focus on. So I'll just identify two areas that I will be thinking about this year. And there's plenty of others I could mention that describe other people's research, but let me just talk about my own. So one of the things I'm going to be looking at is history of emotions. And this is Mm -hmm. pretty relevant to literature. I think most people would agree. If you think about literature, you think about it in terms of emotions. So you might think about love poetry, you might think about adventure writing, etc. And all of these, or, or even crime, where you, you've, you have that expectation of what, what is actually going to happen in this plot. So in lots of ways, literature is about uh, an emotional journey, and different forms mm-hmm. of literature imagine that emotional journey in different ways, and they draw the reader into it. So as we read, we mm-hmm. kind of feel those emotions. So in my research, how am I thinking about this? Well, I'm particularly interested in how early modern women, that's women who are writing uh, 1600 to 1800, were using mm-hmm. um, ideas drawn from Stoic philosophy. Uh, that's a philosophy that's concerned with managing emotions, sometimes eliminating emotions, Mm-hmm. using these philosophical ideas to assist them in managing their own emotional well-being. In the case of the women I look at from 1600 to 1800, we see, which is absolutely uh, typical of anyone's life at any point, that powerful emotions are triggered by the things that shape our lives. And in the case of this group of women, uh, marriage, religion, war, motherhood, education, these kinds of things mm. shape their lives, but they also trigger obvious emotions, the illness of a child, mm. the loss of a child, um, the effects of war. They're so obviously um, emotionally fraught. And I'm interested in the way that women turn to philosophical intellectual ideas of stoicism to find a way to contain those emotions and to limit their capacity to derail their lives. So to sort of keep hold on to a bit of control in the face of chaos and allow these women to get on with their lives. And mm-hmm. yeah, I look at all sorts of um, evidence in different forms of literature, in poetry, um, but also in private forms of writing like diaries and letters. So that's one of my projects. The other one I'm looking at is um, considering how the role literature plays in setting the values that shape our culture and society today. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about the early modern literature I know well, and you know, authors like uh, Shakespeare, for example. And I'm asking myself questions about how uh, that literature sets attitudes towards women, race, class, and the environment. And I've been wondering about how examples of classical literature, about nature in particular, establish the mindset of white settlers in Australia towards their physical environment. 
I've also wondered about how other works of literature enforced ideas about race and racial superiority and class and so forth. In English 101, genre is our key focus, but these issues do come up about how does literature convey values? How can we still see these values today? Does the mm -hmm. study of literature help us to um, come to those values we see around today with a fresh perspective? So do you have any final thoughts to send out to our new cohort? Well, I think the thing with the study of literature, here's the great secret, you're mm -hmm. in for some fun. Basically, <laughs> people who study literature like reading in general. So that's the good thing. It's going to be work, but it's going to be fun. So you, you mm. need to kind of approach the unit with the idea of holding on to that fun. And mm -hmm. it is work you have to do. You have to read the texts and you have to think about them and you have to reread them and you have to talk about them, but it's also um, tremendously pleasurable. So I'd recommend that students begin reading the longer works early. That's, that's important because this unit is trying to move through so many different genres in order to set those foundations. It's got quite a bit of reading by comparison to some other units. In particular, the two novels, I'd try and get those read before you begin the trimester, but possibly the plays too. And when you're actually approaching these texts in preparation, recognise that your first encounter with a literary text is just for information. You usually mm -hmm. turn the pages to find out what's going to happen. So you're looking for the plot. You are wondering about the characters. Who are these people? What makes them tick? So you're wondering about what happens and why. But it's in the second reading that we learn, that we delve deeper and we start to notice things about the text. So knowing that if you've read the text before you start the unit, you're all ready to, to do your second reading while you, um, when you cover the text in class. Thinking about this reading, some of you might not be used to reading longer works. Life is busy and most of us are on our phones all the time, so we're used to reading short little bits of text rather than a long extended piece of text, and believe it or not, that applies to me as well. So something that students find really helpful is to listen to some of these literary works on Audible or YouTube or other listening book platforms. And what I'd recommend is you listen, but at the same time you have the text open in front of you and you watch the words on the page. And somehow mm. that means that you're hearing it and you're also thinking about the words on the page. And it means that you push through to the end of the book rather, rather than wondering over what does this word mean? What does this incident mean? You just kind of get the whole thing whole story in your mind without dwelling too long. And that can really help. Um, lots of students find it helps. And I use it myself to prepare for my teaching. So overall, I'd say enjoy the reading. Enjoy yourself. This is going to be fun. You'll be busy, but you'll enjoy it. Very well put. Some fantastic advice there. Um, yeah. Thank you for coming in and talking with us, Dr. Diana. Um, yeah. That was an interview with Dr. Diana Barnes here on 106.9 Tune FM, where we are bringing you O-Week content all week long. But right now, let's get back to the music. <laughs> 